Hi, I'm Sean Lukasik, and you're listening to Secrets in Service, nonprofit stories from the Southern Finger Lakes. This is our very first episode, which is exciting, and I want to take a minute to thank some of the people and organizations that made this whole thing possible. First of all, big thanks to Arbor Housing and Development. They're the primary sponsor for this project, um, and it's a project that's made possible by the Corning Area Chamber of Commerce. They run a monthly nonprofit roundtable, and all of the organizations represented in that group wanted to get together and do something to share their stories and share some of the things that they've got going on here in the Southern Finger Lakes. So it really was born out of that group by the Corning Area Chamber of Commerce. The music that you're hearing is provided and recorded by the Orchestra of the Southern Finger Lakes, so thank you to them. And thank you to all the people who decided to sit down and and talk with me and be interviewed for this podcast. This first episode features Linda Lowen. She's the Executive Director of Nannyhood Parent Resource Center in Corning, New York. The Parent Resource Center is a drop-in center above the library in Corning. Um, it provides programs to support families with young children, and you're going to hear all about how Linda helped guide this organization through the pandemic um, and some of the things that have changed since that happened, um, and of course, some of the great things that they're doing to support young families in this region. So without further ado, I'm going to turn it over to the interview that I had with Linda And uh, thank you again for listening, and thank you to all the organizations that made this podcast possible. Hey, Linda, how are you? I'm doing very well. How are you, Sean? I'm doing well. Thanks for joining us. Um, And uh, we're here to talk about um, the PRC and uh, let's just jump right in and, and talk ab- about your your mission a little bit and um, what, what it is that you provide for the community. I would love to do that. So we are known as Nani Hood PRC, and that stands for Parent Resource Center. Uh, our mission is to help families with young children play, learn, and connect with others in a welcoming and encouraging environment. It's a great mission. Yeah. But if you've not visited the PRC you still probably don't know what that actually looks like. Um, So if I could help a little bit with that. Please, yes. If you could picture a high-quality child care center, but in this case, a parent or a caregiver comes in with their children or children that they care for, and they access developmental play and learning experiences We provide services to both the children and parents to increase parenting skills, increase protective factors for families, provide early childhood learning and play experiences on site right here in Corning. That's fantastic. Now, uh, what does that look like years later? Like, do you ever get parents bringing their kids back or kids coming back to talk about how that affected their childhood or their parenthood? I am so glad that you asked that question because I think sometimes that's the the question we don't ask or we don't talk about. But that is exactly my experience. Um, I am very happy to have been executive director at Nani Hood PRC since the beginning of this year. But I've been a PRC mom long before that. When I first moved to this community in 1996, 
I was a PRC mom, and the relationships and connections that I made with other parents and their children at that time are uh, still relationships that I maintain today. So I think I'm going to call us alumni, (laughs) for lack of another term, but there's this period of time when a child is born and a parent is born. We've not been that person before. So we're learning to be a parent. We're learning to navigate new environments, new relationships, and um, bring this little one up. And uh, there's, it creates this window of time that is unique in our lives. And the PRC is all an environment where we can nurture that relationship, nurture, nurture social connections during that time mm-hmm. while we're providing the educational space and, for parents and children. And I can't imagine how many um, like learning opportunities there are at that stage for the parent in particular. I'm not a parent, but um, you know, sometimes I talk to my friends who are, and I learn about things in this community that I've been a part of for over 15 years now that I never knew existed. And um, so I can't imagine like the learning curve of, you know, understanding what's out there in terms of childcare, transportation, free resources, entertainment, like all these things that apply to parenthood that, um, you know, I personally haven't uh, taken advantage of, but that, and so for me would be a big learning curve as well. Do, Do you help connect people to those resources sort of all around the community? Or is it um, you know, mostly to each other right at Nannyhood? Oh, I'm, a great question, Sean. The type of support and information that we offer at the PRC is both informal as we interact with one another and um, perhaps a child is ex- having an experience and a parent is having an experience and we can see that we can help and support in a particular way with a suggestion of a skill or modeling some behavior so that a parent can see a, a, a pathway mm-hmm. toward you know moving through perhaps a difficult moment. That's an informal learning experience that could take place. But formal resources, referrals are, is definitely part of what we do. Um, we stay connected to our community so we know how to refer parents to the resources that they need, whether it's um, in terms of um, growing their financial resources, something for s- stability, if there is instability uh, in any place in their home or family. Um, for those continued social connections and access to other resources that that we have. Mm -hmm. Uh, The partnerships that the PRC engages in are so critical toward the PRC's success in our mission, but it's critical toward our family's success in our community. We, We need to keep connected and referring families in need when we experience uh, the need when we yeah. see what could be helpful and we are informed about what is available, we can then make a practical connection for someone to a resource that could be helpful. Um, so we have those formal and informal interactions, but I there's another interaction that is so helpful, and that's the peer interaction at the yeah. PRC. We are co-learners in parenting. Um, our staff is highly trained. They're trained to know the models of family strengthening and support. They're trained to know the resources in the community. But 
we, when we learn from each other and when parents help one another with ideas and suggestions in that natural space, um, that creates the safe place. That destigmatizes what it looks like to ask for help in parenting or in life. Yeah. Um, I love that. I love that that's a resource in, in our community um, and, uh, and that it's one of many, you know, and one of many ways to build uh, relationships between people who have parenting in in uh, in common with one another that's that's a fantastic resource um i want to ask about uh you personally and your your role as the executive director of a small nonprofit organization here in the southern finger lakes um let's just start with like what does your day-to-day look like and um you know are you are you on location most of the time i know i'm sure covid through that for a loop and everything. So talk about that a little bit. On my first day on the job at the PRC, <laughs> the entire staff was on quarantine. Oh, great. <laughs> awesome. And I, I walked into the server button beeping and had no idea what to do. Great. <laughs> I did, however, realize that I was alone in an early childhood um, environment and that there was a slide and I could go down it and no one would know. Or they would only know if I took a selfie, which I did do, and I had a lot of fun with that. Um, So, yeah, COVID has caused uh, my uh, um, experience to be a little bit different. Mm -hmm. When I did start, we were completely um, closed to on-site activities, and that's no longer the case. We Mm -hmm. have um, virtually all of our on-site activities taking place. And... You know, the lessons we learn from these times, Mm -hmm. right? This is something we want to pay close attention to. What is the right balance for on-site and off-site work? Uh, We're navigating that right now. Right now, I'm on-site two days a week, sometimes two and a half. And I'm off-site the other time. And I'm balancing my work so that if I have cognitive work to do, I'm doing it from my home office so that when I'm on site, I can be building relationships, um, having meetings where we can be sharing information and interacting with the children and families that we're serving because that's our mission. I mean, I wouldn't want to be working in this environment if it wasn't... um, it's personally fulfilling mm-hmm. as well, and it aligns with my, uh, my my personality, my personal mission, and I wouldn't want to miss the opportunity to engage with children and families. Yeah, that's really interesting because I, I imagine you belong to a very small group of leaders in the world that took over at that exact time, and um, I think the advantage there... and. I'll say one of the things that um, I'm personally trying to do and trying to bring to the organizations that I work with or volunteer for is to not necessarily just bring back what we always did. Everyone is so eager to get back to quote unquote normal. Um, But you have the distinct advantage of not having worked at the PRC under quote unquote normal conditions. So you're bringing this um, leadership form into a new world. I mean, essentially, you know, we live in a totally different world than we lived in a year and a half ago. Um, so I love hearing about, you know, the, the combination of the 
in-person and virtual programming. Um, and do you think that that's something that's re- that's gonna that's gonna um, last with the organization and, and something that you're gonna really uh, stick to? It, we have paid very close attention to what's working well yeah. and why it's working well. And um, yes, we are going to take these lessons we've learned and implement them in our programming. One of the things we forgot <laughs> is that when we learn outdoors, we're in a totally different headspace. Yeah. That's true for children. That's true for adults. We don't have the same distractions that we have when we're in even you know an, an incredible uh, center like mm-hmm. the PRC. Mm-hmm. But when we're outside, we can engage in different possibilities mentally, physically, and some of our programming that has taken place outdoors as long as weather will allow we mm-hmm. will continue to offer those experiences outside for the benefit of the the children and the parents who yeah. are participating cool yeah. well that's that's great to hear now um in terms of of your day-to-day i'm sure as an executive director you have a lot of tasks that uh you know, just kind of take up your time and things to move the organization forward and behind the scenes stuff. But um, what this is kind of a loaded question, but what would you consider as your most meaningful work or the, the things that either you love to do personally or that you see makes the biggest difference in uh, the parents and children that come and, and visit you? I love that question because um, and, and I think I have a, a, a twofold Sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad it was a loaded question because there's a loaded answer. <laughs> it is great. Perfect. <laughs> so, um, but I, I'd say that the thing that is most meaningful to me is when I can equip our staff and volunteers with the actual tools they need to be successful mm-hmm. in their work, and equipping them to be able to do that. Right now, during these times, it means creating policies. It means rewriting policies. That's not really fun um, for most people, as a matter of fact. But but in doing so, we went from not serving families in the center to having virtually all of our programs functioning. Mm -hmm. And so the equipping, even though it requires um, work, that is not always the the most stimulating to to produce. I actually get a lot of satisfaction out of that. It also presented its own challenge as a new executive director during these times because I was helping to adjust policies Mm -hmm. that I hadn't experienced personally. I hadn't experienced the programming lately, at least, personally. And so the flip side of that, right, part two of that, that answer is the most meaningful work I've done occurred last week, actually, during one of our day camp sessions. I was on site for day camp that day, not all four days, because I would not have gotten the rest of my work done. And we have highly confident and competent staff who had that programming ready to roll. And I asked if I, if it would be disruptive, I'd love to be on site and experience it. And they're like, please come. Mm -hmm. So I was able to help participate in our day camp that day. And at one time, a toddler on the slide, I heard it before I saw the impact of it, but I heard a big clunk and I saw his little foot 
and he stubbed his toe on the slide. And I watched his face and I wondered if there was gonna be a reaction or not. And there wasn't initially until we made eye contact and then he sat down with a big pouty lip and said, I hurt my toe. <laughs> and it was my ultimate joy to be the one who could kneel down with comfort and attention yeah. to make sure he knew that he was seen, he was heard, he was safe, all was well. And um, giving attention to that little toe was the best thing I've done all year. <laughs> well, I can safely say that's not my reaction when I stub my toe. Uh, but um, I love that answer, the idea of witnessing uh, and, and just acknowledging what other people are doing is so important in toddlers and children um, and all throughout our lives. You know, uh, the work that we do that we often feel is not appreciated or sometimes even seen feels more meaningful to us as individuals when somebody does see it and acknowledges it and witnesses it. So, um, I love that. I really love that answer. Uh, that's that, and that gives me a great visual. I'm, I'm so glad it was. Uh, it was a wonderful day, and I, I can't say enough for uh, the quality of program that I'm just privileged to help lead with that team. It was impressive to see our um, all of our efforts come together to relaunch. Uh, our child care services that we provide, which are um, a small amount of what we do. Yeah. Um, we're a drop-in center for families to come at, at any uh, during our open hours to drop in for play. Child care programming is part of what we do for short-term, short-term child care for parents, not Monday through Friday, um, 8 to 5. We're not full-time care. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so to be able to experience all aspects of what we do personally has been uh, something that took longer than I expected because of how we rolled out reopening our programs. Sure. But I am so glad that I've been able to experience all of the different environments of our programming. And uh, now as we continue to adjust policy, we adjust to community conditions, we look to see what's ahead and how can we best continue to serve families. As we move from summer to fall, uh, it all makes a little more uh, of a connection for yeah. me. Yeah. Um, now, speaking of connections, I think this region is pretty unique in that we, and this is what we're trying to like really get across with this podcast as well, um, that the Southern Finger Lakes is a region of um, a lot of small, interconnected um, communities, people, um, uh, you know, the, the, the communities that, that everyone serves, nonprofit organizations. And um, so I, I want to ask, because I think a lot of people listening might know some of the people that we talk about over time on this podcast, um, who is the person for you that has really been like uh, a, a mentor or has helped um, helped you in this position, particularly hearing today that you you were like thrown into the fire uh, right from the beginning? But um, who's been that person for you here in the Southern Finger Lakes? That is a great question as well. Of course, it's a great question. Um, first of all, I'll say as an organization, I was mentored by uh, Catholic Charities of Stuban, both mm. from its leadership 
and its volunteer board members. The list would be long that I would uh, list from there. But specifically, I think I will mention Laura Opelt at this point as um, the former executive director of Catholic Charities Steuben. Uh, I worked directly for her as a a director of an anti-poverty program as part of, of that program. And watching Laura navigate a multifaceted program that often dealt with um, scarcity of resources, both financial resources, always trying to find what we need to move forward, and working with a population that lacked resources, either financial resources or health and wellness. You know, they, an, an impoverished, an impoverished um, sense of health. Um, or in family stability, right? Mm-hmm. Those three tenets that that, that organization uh, crosses. Mm-hmm. Um, she modeled well what it looks like to be a servant leader. Mm-hmm. And those aspects of servant leadership have always resonated in me. They were grown through my time there and directly under Laura herself. And the servant leadership model and the the team model that we use at the PRC is as natural to me as breathing yeah. is. And it is the organizational culture at Nani Hood PRC, um, both for our staff and volunteers, but it's also what we, we model and employ w- among our families. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, I know that there are so many different leaders in our community, especially in the nonprofit community that, um, are always just more than willing to share, to provide examples, templates, all sorts of things to make sure everyone is successful. So that's awesome to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, now we just have a, a minute or two left. Um, how can people either volunteer, donate to, or simply just learn more about Nani Hood PRC? Our website is going to take you to all of those resources, nanihoodprc.org. And we have a volunteer button that will take you to our volunteer handbook to briefly read over. You can apply directly online to be a volunteer. Those opportunities could be an hour a week, an hour a month. If you have a particular um, passion for working with children, we would love to help you engage on site. If that's not your gift, (laughs) we have a lot of projects. Right now we're involved in a history project. We're gathering a lot of information about our founder, about Nani, Johanna Hood herself. And there are many opportunities to provide administrative support, um, research support. Um, And of course, our board members. We're always looking for people who want to help us engage in our mission in this kind of meaningful way. So either as an advisory committee member or a board member, we would love to get to know you in that capacity. And the application for volunteering is on our website. You will also see our donate button. We are completely privately funded as a nonprofit organization. As you might be aware, we have family resource centers in our community. ProAction of Steuben and Yates operates family resource centers in Addison, Hornell, Bath, and they have a mobile center as well. And we partner with uh, ProAction's family resource centers through United Way's Kids on Track to work together to accomplish those global community goals Mm -hmm. of um, 
having uh, developmentally, um, socially, emotionally, developmentally on track children from zero to eight, right? This is our goal. So that, um, that piece of our involvement is a small part of what we do. Most of our work, therefore, is um, through fundraising, mm-hmm. through foundation support, through uh, individual and donor support. Awesome. Well, thanks for all the work that you're doing in the community, Linda. I know you're part of our nonprofit group at the Corning Area Chamber of Commerce, so you're sharing resources as well as gathering some information from uh, other nonprofits in the region. Um, I love that collaboration. That's really what this podcast is about. So thanks for sharing your story, and um, hopefully this will help you know continue to engage parents, volunteers, donors, um, and uh, help you continue to serve your mission here in the Corning community. So thanks so much. Thank you, Sean. Thank you so much for listening to our very first episode of Secrets in Service, nonprofit stories from the Southern Finger Lakes. We really appreciate you tuning in, um, and we've got so many stories and interviews to share from nonprofit organizations all across the region. I want to thank Arbor Housing and Development once again for sponsoring this project. Um, And thank you to the Corning Area Chamber of Commerce and all of the organizations involved in the nonprofit roundtable. Once again, music is provided and recorded by the Orchestra of the Southern Finger Lakes. And you can subscribe and download to this podcast through Spotify, through Apple Podcasts, or simply through our own website at secretsinservice.org. Thanks again for listening. Um, There's a lot more to come. So subscribe, stay tuned, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much.